Here we are then. Hello. How you going? Good, you? Not seen much of you? Mm, I know, it's been a busy week. Flying around, haven't we? We have been flying around. How do you think the listener is? I don't know, how are you, listener? Great to hear that. <laughs> what are we going to talk about today? We're going to talk about augmented creativity, which is what I call it. What do you call it? I call it um, co-collaboration, co-creation. I call it many things. We're it goes to... by many names. We're going to talk about that. Let's get on. Okay. <laughs> podcast tell you what okay we're pretty prolific aren't we yeah we're making um we're making gary vaynerchuk's output look like the stone roses albums aren't we but hey i guess we've got a lot to say have we or not got a lot to say so tell me um what are we going to talk about today remind me augmented creativity augmented creativity now i reckon that this is one of your you get i can see it in your eyes Whenever you say that expression, you get, don't you, ooh, excited about it, don't you? I do. And why is that? Because it's a collaboration between AI and human beings. Okay. And I think that's quite, quite interesting. I think especially in today's world where there's a lot of fear around AI potentially taking jobs or destroying creativity completely. And this is something that suggests otherwise. We so come across that, to be honest, we come across that in our travels and our talks and our workshops and our explorations more often than I would have thought that sort of um is that a is that a media thing do you think I think yeah I think the media definitely helped you I mean we'll talk I guess we'll talk about some of the stuff we've done and I'd like to sort of take it into a broader context but I mean even the other day with um we did our cocktail experiment which we'll come to later list there's no doubt uh um our guy who helped us our mixologist I mean, his opening gambit was, he, he, he was quite defensive at first because he just thought it was going to take his job. But really, a neural network in a, you know, in a cloud computing system somewhere isn't actually going to pour the drinks into a glass, is it? So I think it was a sort of baseless fear. It was, it, yeah. Really? We've met quite a few people that have been afraid. It's strange. And, it's just... and you can understand it, I think. But yeah, I think augmented creativity is one of those times when you can really see how the two can work together really well. well. you said it there, Kerry House, and you can understand it. What does that mean? Empathy. Empathy, that's exactly... Well, there you go, there you that's go. what you've got. I can't understand it, which suggests I'm probably closer to the machine than you are. So anyway, um, yeah, so just to identify, the artificial intelligence, there was a really nice term we saw at a talk, uh, it might have been our friend Terry said it, about um, intelligent augmentation. Um, and kind of what we mean by that, I guess, is that you can work with machines in whatever way, feed in some input and some data. And again, I think this is an interesting output where people just think a machine comes up with solutions and you just apply them. But of course, the point of the matter is, it's about the human kind of, at the very outset, a human must have selected the data set yep. to put into the machine. A human can kind of like manipulate and mess with and whatever train, they yeah, output. Train the so there's a lot yeah. of human involvement anyway. I just thought I'd bring into you're not a, you're not a great fan of the football, are you? Of I'm the, not, but that is a, it is a very good example that um, we're going to discuss. Yeah, there was just something I saw just the other day. It made me sit up, and this is like um, this is a sort of classic case of where, as a story, uh, AI is mentioned, but really it's it's kind of it's a subset of that. It's machine learning. It's the case of Wingate and Finchley Football Club who are using artificial intelligence to help 
help them to win football matches. How can this be? Wow. It's basically, this is the classic case, the uh, coaching staff are fed in all sorts of data sets about the performance of the players on the, I don't know how on earth they're measuring their kind of sprint times and all their recovery times and the distances they're covering on the pitch. I mean, that's kind of done in professional game, but they have okay. uh, information on the um, opposition, stuff like that. And they then... <laughs> The machine comes out with suggestions and the actual, this is where it gets quite, made me laugh and got me quite excited about this thought, is that the actual response from the machine comes through uh, a kind of Alexa, um, comes through the speaker. So um, it would be something like that. Yeah, I might have to go and set one off. It got away with it. Um, so that's kind of funny. So they're about to, they've got a good little bit of publicity there. Um, Does the coach take the information that's being given to him or her and then apply it? Well, possibly. I think the first game they're going to put up, they made a big song and a dance about it going to be on February the 9th. The question is, when the machine tactically says, we must do this, now does the coach think, that's quite a good idea, but I'm going to... I hope... Certainly game one, they just go with the ideas. Like when the machine, for those of you who listen to this podcast who, who love the football, when the machine comes up with a 9-1 formation, I think that will tell us that <laughs> there's something. Who knows? It might be genius. You know what it I mean? It might be. Now yeah. you look at something like, we're probably talking way more about football. Look at Ole Gunnar Solskjaer at Manchester United. He took over. No great hopes. Man United have been awful. He's now won nine on the bounce, right? Nine games wow. on the trot, right? Perhaps he's being powered by AI. I don't, I don't know. He has got a sort of Scandic nature about him. Well, he is Scandinavian. But, um, yeah, it's an interesting little project. But, again, it is a it is a classic machine-human collaboration. And I look forward to seeing the outcome. How it works. Yeah, it'd be good. Now, perhaps you can tell those who are unfamiliar um, with some of the things that kind of we've done recently, because we've done a fair few of these. We have. Now, and we've got a fair few more... In the bank, haven't we? we have. Tucked yeah. away, and yeah. maybe we can talk about them, and maybe some of the other kind of people who do this stuff, where the inspiration kind of comes from for us and other places that people might go to see this kind of work in action. So we have used it. So obviously, your football one is a really nice example of again humans and AI working together. We have been using it more from a creative point of view so using and I like to say this but using AI almost as a muse or a form of inspiration a muse a muse that's nice isn't so it? you so the AI almost starts you off and gives you a new starting point and then you can then add on that and build on yourself as a human with your own expertise and your own experiences that you've had through your life etc so for the, we've done a couple haven't we we've done we did cupcakes a while ago um which worked really well so in that case we scoured the internet and recipe books for hundreds and hundreds of cupcake recipes and the neural network then learnt how to construct a recipe. It took a, quite a long time so the initial output from the machine was very, uh, it's basically just gobbledygook because it has to learn literally like a child. It's like my output. Just, <laughs> just goes, uh, it's all gobbledygook and then after we did 120 epochs so 120 runs and it, then eventually it came out, sort of coming out with the recipe. I love so an epoch. Looked, an epoch. That's, interesting. A good, that's a good, good word that yeah. is used in this. Yeah. Uh, that's one of those one of those glossary of technical terms for you, listener. Epochs. 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 So, this, so I've learned all this from Derek, actually. Sharpshooter. He's Elder. been the guy sorting out all of our neural networks and being collaborating. We should get Derek on, shouldn't we? We should get Derek on. So he's been collaborating with us on these, just to, to let you know. And, yeah, so, so then it comes up with some really weird and wonderful recipes and then what we did from a human point of view is rather than just taking those recipes and doing exactly what it said we got a cupcake experts from the little house kitchen which are based in bristol and then we made we made them so 
Kaylee, who was the owner of the company, she helped us um, dial up and dial down some of the recipe, um, recipe suggestions. And we then created the cakes, which were really cool and interesting. So some of the ones we went with were, for example, marmalade, Guinness and vanilla. We also had a pear and coriander and we had a raspberry and cherry cola. So they were, yeah, really interesting flavors. Do you remember, because oh, my memory's a shocker, those which nearly got up but didn't quite... I mean, let's forget the ones that were just rancid. Or no, I, I, I can't, because I think we chose five relatively quickly. Because there were so others. There, there was there a broader was portfolio. Of, it was about 80. Yeah, but I'd say yeah. the ones that you'd have said... I mean, at the end of the day, we had a certain amount of time and a certain amount of variety. Yeah. We but there were more than the five, weren't there? Oh, really? yeah, there was, there was 80. Yeah. recipes that we could have used and we chose, we chose five That's... we chose five of the ones where that well we chose two or three that sounded absolutely delicious and two or three that sounded really so in effect in that case you know you're saying about being a muse I always thought I was your muse but obviously <laughs> I'd be a very ugly <laughs> useless muse but um would you not think that in a way what we're saying is what why that kind of worked as in in that particular uh domain is the fact that in uh, we couldn't have come up with all those recipes we don't know much about cupcakes, but by the gathering of the data, in a way, in effect, the neural network does the heavy lifting of the creativity. In a way, we're there to sort of delicately frolic and pick out that which we like, yeah. like but we wouldn't be able to do that without quite a large selection of output in front of us to say, "Oh yeah." So that's kind of a really oh, that's what is being created in effect, isn't it? It just throws yeah. a palette of possibilities. I think so. I think it's just also. Because we as humans already have ideas of what is should be, so we might not necessarily ever put pear and coriander together in a cake. So it's just. just had you ever had that thought before? I, I hadn't, but oh I don't know. I don't. I'm not sure that you know. Even the lady at the cook house, um, the little house kitchen, had that either. And on our next project, which I'll we'll talk about in a minute. It was interesting to hear the mixologist saying, I'd never have thought of doing that, or this has totally pushed me out of my comfort zone. And that's really interesting. I like that. You're working with these experts who do this for a living, but still the AI makes them question what they're doing and trying new and different ways of doing what they've always done. So that's what we're, that's what we're really interested in. So those cakes, for example, were, were great. So it made Kaylee say, actually, do you know what? I'm going to try something a little bit different. Mm -hmm. or, um, and it's really interesting to see how they all came out. And then we served them up, actually, at our event, our I'll Be Back event, and they went down very well. So it's good to see something well, a, wipeout, a little bit different it? that they actually went down I well. don't know why we're not uh, merchandising them, to be honest. Well, she might even, she might even, she said she might even think about putting them on a menu, you never know. You never know, a little tiny giant, know. little tiny never giant know. menu. Yeah. Okay. So, so then we, so following on from that, we then did one with cocktails. And the same, we used the same tactics, so we scanned the internet and recipe books for a load of traditional cocktails, and then the AI learned how to create a cocktail recipe. We did think about soup, didn't we? <laughs> we, Before, about, we talked about so many We talked about things, one or two I don't want to talk about right now, because I think we're going to do them. Okay. But I do remember, because it was winter, wasn't it? And we were looking for something to do. And, and when you think about the comparison of um, AI-created soup... Or AI created cocktails. I think it's fair to say the cocktails is just a little bit sexier. Is that even a term? <laughs> you could... a bit prettier as well. Probably yeah. soup. I just, so I don't... just yeah. That was see that that's when that's when human kind of sense and kind of uh, 
just a little deeper understanding makes the right decision not to do it. Exactly, it? exactly. I don't know we'd have quite had quite the sensation. No. So, so the, cocktails re- the cocktails came out really nicely. I think the thing that was slightly different with the cocktails was that cakes have got... Um, they're made from a set thing, so you've always got to have flour, butter, sugar and yeah. egg. So it was a lot easier, whereas with the cocktails, everything was brand new, everything started from scratch. It was all up for grabs. It was all up for grabs, so I think that meant that some of the recipes were, for example, I remember, so what we we did the same thing where we teamed up with a guy called Seb at the Square Bar in Clifton, he's a mixologist, he's he's been a really experienced guy in this area, and he was saying, interestingly, some of the recipes were just all alcohol and no mixer, for example. Yeah. So it does, it does make you question that, and I just think it was really interesting seeing how he worked. So again, he changed a couple of things so for example if it said apple schnapps for example he changed it to calvados so he still kept that essence the apple side of it but changed Made by it monks, to give it something a, a more a depth to it so he again dialed up and dialed down the recipes to make them work he we had some really bizarre things like courgette and champagne which he then um sort of I don't know what he did. He mixed it all up to and a put tincture. a bit of vodka in it. That's it. A tinc- into a tincture. And and added it was a tincture. <laughs> and then added champagne. So that, that worked really nicely in the end. And then he, we also had ice cream in one. And he was saying normally with ice cream, you'd just whack it on, on the top, like a kind of Coke float. Yeah. But he decided to blend it up and really make it part of the cocktail. So that, that actually turned out See, really I, I would, really I liked that say, one. I, I thought at first when he sort of um, placed it delicately on the bar uh, top, Hmm. It, I just thought it was going to be like an alcoholic milkshake. Hmm. And actually, it wasn't, was it? Because no, he's actually, actually got really the good. combos. Yeah, yeah. Really nice. It yeah. still definitely had the constituency and the, I don't know what's the word, the viscosity. It was, quite cool. it was cool as well. That's what he was saying. One of the things that he was really interested about that recipe was the fact that sort of the coolness of the ice cream in, in your mouth is what he said. Mm. That kind of coolness. So, And that was something he'd never really explored. He said there's only really a couple of cocktails that ever use ice cream and it's always on the top. So he mixed it around. So that's that's a really good and interesting thing about this collaboration is that you do things that you wouldn't ever have thought about before. So I think that I think that's the most interesting thing for and me. And of course, we're going to see you very soon, aren't we? On the uh, on the BBC. Yes, the BBC came along and filmed us with those cocktails, and they're covering the story. So that's. Really I exciting. think they're coming to. They're sort of doing the whole full circle because I just thought they were coming down for the day, have some cocktail fun, clear off. But I think they're also coming to. I'll be back to hopefully. see. Well, hopefully, they want yeah, because they want to see people actually trying them, trying them out, getting some views yeah. and opinions. Yeah. Love it. So they they go to town. Now, I suppose what we could I don't necessarily want to do it for this episode because as we've touched upon, it would be good to get Derek. But I think I would save. I'd like to save the tech because really that's that's the world he lives. But where we talk about you know neural networks and text gen RNN and all that sort of stuff, Keros and TensorFlow, which is all very interesting at one point or another. It is, but I think but, Derek would be perfect to tell us about that. And we almost need a whole episode just to talk about it. I've seen the way his face lights up when he talks, and I'd, I'd much rather he do that, because, yeah. you know, that's, that's where he's need, coming yeah. from. And we also need some time for him to talk about that, because we, we do short one uh, episodes, as you know, and I think the whole neural network thing would be good to have a whole episode for itself, because a lot of people have actually asked us, haven't they, what is a neural network and how's it made up? So I think it'd be good to do And I suppose you could also make a case... Let's go on to neural network complexity when you get into the kind of generative adversarial networks, otherwise known as GANs. Because again, if you think about the stuff that we've kind of enjoyed looking at or being inspired through, like um, the work of Dr. Beef, Robbie Barra, with his Balenciaga stuff, or that amazing um, chair project that you love to look up. Think about, at the end of the day, 
think about taking the work of Robbie Barrett, the guys in Paris, the obvious guys who did the first painting. Mm. In effect, it was this, it's the same notion. The data set was fed, in, fed into their neural network from his coding, created those prints, yeah. made a story, made them a nice, tidy bunch of half euros, million, didn't it? Half a million Something pounds, like that. Yeah. So that's interesting. And of course, there's our, there's our old friend, our old pal, Janelle Shane, I believe based in, um, I want to say she's in Colorado. I, I think so. I mean, she has a website, doesn't she? AI Weirdness. Um, and she constantly is kind of doing this sort of stuff. Um, I suppose the thing that we like to do that makes us a bit different is the fact we go all the way, don't we? We actually make them. We go, a lot of people, yeah. To use American baseball punts, we, we, we go for fourth base or home run or whatever. We go right the way around the diamond, don't yeah, we? Because yeah. I think it's nice if we just created those recipes and put them out and said, have a go. But to actually make them... But you a... miss the human collaboration by doing that, don't you? Exactly. The whole exciting see... bit is using it as a base. So... And it was, because yeah. it was quite, uh, for me, I found it quite rewarding watching older Sebastiano there mm. with his, his dibblings and his dabblings yeah, and his measures. Yeah. And us all sorts of um, cocktail tools. Who knew he had so many tools know, in his trade? Yeah, they, they look beautiful and they tasted really good, actually. So that's kind of where we are. Yeah. Now, there are other exciting... Um, Neural network augmentation experiments. Uh, there's more ways than one. It's not simply about um, food, food and drink, drink is it? Yeah. Although it is a very rich kind of world to explore. I yeah. guess, in effect, you can pretty much, if you think your creativity of, of idea is unlimited, you can go into all kinds of art and sculptures and ceramics and English and poetry yeah, yeah. and music. You could do you could do any kind of art really. You could do uh, ceramics. Right. So. Therefore, I mean, we got a couple, haven't we, lined up, yeah. which I think will take place. And um, I don't know, is there anything you particularly would want to try out? What's the next? Well, we talked about shoes. I think that would be good. Shoes? Yeah. Feed in lots and lots of shoe, beautiful shoe designs and then see if what it would come up with. Okay. And so actually then get someone to make the shoes. Now, of course, shoes, I'd like to see that. Shoe, shoes, and again, I think it's very important about getting a data set broad but narrow insofar as... You could see it being, you know, trainers. Yeah, it or maybe be... boots or something. So we'd have to have a, yeah. I was looking the other day. Again, another it. interesting example, apropos sport, because I was just having to look. I've been doing a bit of work around cycling this week, as you may or may yeah, not know. Yeah. And as part of that, I was looking at um, someone, thinking about why has nobody kind of applied this same, this same principle to uh, bikes and stuff like that? But they have. And uh, there's a, I think it's a French group who've done a neural network piece of work to look at creating the world's fastest bike and they're going oh, really? for the, the world's fastest cycling land speed record but the really interesting thing about the bike they've created it doesn't really look like a bike it looks like a bullet which you can understand because yeah yeah bullets it's really and, streamlined yeah. so it just goes to show, i think the possibilities yeah there's a lot you can do yeah with some tiny giant takeouts. I've got three takeouts for you. So we've talked about human AI collaboration and the first thing I want to talk about was the AI football coach. I thought that was a, a really great example. And Wingate and Finchley are basically using an AI to analyse data and then provide suggestions for formations and tactics for the coach. So the great advantage of AI here is that it's able to analyse data really, really quickly and to put it out in a way that the human can then interpret it. So the coach can either add 
take that information and do it exactly as it says, or, or he or she might tweak the data and apply it in their own way with their own experience added. It'll be really interesting to see how that works. So Wingate and Finchley are going to be playing Whitehawk FC on the 9th of February. And um, yeah, it'll be just good to see whether they do win or not as a result of that, uh, that AI support. Also, we talked about AI and augmented creativity. So using AI as a muse or a starting point to do something a little bit different. So whether you make shoes or cakes or coffee or gin or pizzas or clothes, if you want to extend your range or you just need some inspiration or want to try something just a little bit more weird and wonderful, then AI makes a really good partner. And if you're interested in the creative aspect of AI or using it as a muse, I would have a look at Robbie Barrett on Twitter. His Twitter handle is Dr. Beef, so Dr. Underscore Beef. He's doing some really cool experiments in this area, along with Janelle Shane. So she's Janelle C. Shane on Twitter. And of course, follow the Tiny Giant website. And if you did fancy having a try of our AI created cocktails. We'll be serving those at I'll Be Back Southwest on the 13th of Feb, so do come along and give them a try.